That being said, Giff, I really want to get into NBA Conference Finals. Really want to recap these quite, um, you know, just entertaining series. If I may... Not entertaining for you. If I may have my spotlight for just a minute or two... The floor is yours, my friend. Go for it. Good. Um, This segment's brought to you by Bud Light. It's time to vent. No, just kidding. Um... (laughs) Honestly, I, I just continue to just scratch my head. And it's no knock. No knock on the Celtics organization. There isn't. And I've had a back-and-forth battle with one of my respective colleagues, Sam Dossler, shout-out to him, on Twitter. And I just continue to think that I get it. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, they're young guys, right? They are the third youngest team to make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, actually any Conference Finals. So of NBA history, they are the third youngest team. And I get that. But when does the giving up the leads and shot selection, when does that become an issue? Because it seems like Brad Stevens is just so even keel and whatever happens on the court happens. If you want to shoot the three Marcus Smart six times, go right ahead. You're only going to make one. I mean, we, we've seen it. He, he hits fire sometimes, and then other times, he, he's the guy that you can't rely on. But the Miami Heat, for instance, Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero, they are specialists, three-point specialists, okay? Marcus Smart is not a three-point specialist. And for whatever reason, every time he grabs the ball, it's ISO basketball, and then everyone else follows. Jason Tatum follows. Jalen Brown follows. When does the, the individuality of ISO basketball stop? I don't know the answer. I don't know, Gap. But I will say the di- discipline on this team, okay, and the attitude, it needs, like, a revamp. Like, Kara Lawson, you know, she took the job with Duke uh, for the women's basketball team. She was that fire that the Celtics needed. She, she was a really good motivational coach. Work on your strengths. That type of situation where Brad Stevens kind of X's and O's, right? Analytics. That's what he's great at. They need a motivator on this coaching staff. I think that's really specifically what they need. Obviously, they need a better you know, defensive center because Adebayo had, had his way throughout the entire series. He really did. But I will continue to say that the, Brad Stevens has made some vital changes in the most negative way. For example, last night... Grant Williams played unbelievable defense against Bam Adebayo. He takes him out. What does Bam do? He adjusts. He adjusts. His trigger and his head goes off saying, okay, Grant's out. Daniel Tice is in. I'm going to take advantage of this guy. You know why? Because I'm faster than he is. Brad Stevens has to adjust right then and there, which he did, but it took a little too much time. Because the next possession after Tice went in the game, Bam did it again, and Bam took it to the hoop, and he dunked on him, and he had a left-handed layup. And over the course of this series, Eric Spolstra has had an answer, an answer for every Brad Stevens adjustment. And Brad Stevens has not had an answer for Eric Spolstra's adjustment. And so my point is, down the stretch, you got to stay composed. Uh, Retrieving the basketball and keeping the basketball is half the battle. You had a six-point lead with eight minutes left. You blew it in game six. 
You had a 17-point lead in Game 2. You blew it. You had a 14-point lead, blew it, in Game 1. It's just bad habits, Giff. It's bad habits. It's not good for Celtics basketball. And I'm telling you right now, there's got to be some kind of force. There's kind of, you got to light a fire under Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown and say, you guys are good, but do you want to be great? Do you, Jason Tatum, do you want to turn over the basketball four or five times in the second half? Jalen Brown, do you want to take nights off on defense sometimes? Kemba Walker, your shot selection, not the best. I just think over the course of this entire Brad Stevens era is every single year they just go in and they feel like they're comfortable where they're at, make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, and that's all that matters. Well, if you want to be a championship caliber team, you've got to do what Miami has done. Build a culture. Have some kind of character on that team and be a force in the playoffs. Because that's exactly what Miami did. They put themselves on the map throughout that entire bubble. And Jimmy Butler did not even score. He, he probably averaged 17, 18 points a game. And reason why is because he knew he didn't have to be that guy. Because they have similar roles that everybody knows how to put, implement it in their offense and defense. So, newsflash, Celtics fans. Bad habits. Those are exactly it. Blowing leads down the stretch. Slow starts. We're seeing it over and over and over again. When does it stop? So, you need a, an assistant coach with some kind of fire to put under these guys and say you're not the best and you need to be the best. So that's my energy. That's my energy segment, Geff, because I was heated last night the way that they're playing from start to finish, regardless of them still staying in the game. They just didn't have that closing closing factor for whatever reason. It's always, you know, blowing leads and at the end of the day they can't close and they give up leads and at the end of the day it's not a full circle game. They can't play for 48 minutes and I just don't have an answer and I don't get it. But I will tell you this, you got to get an assistant coach that knows these players, that knows how to make them move, and also you need a better bench and you need a center that can just be better defensively. My goodness, Cantor and Tice suck defensively against Bam Adebayo. And it's only going to continue unless the Celtics do something about it. So that's my rant. I had to get it off my chest. I've been waiting on it. Celtics fans, I'm with you on it, but just know that Brad Stevens just signed an extension and he knows for a fact that he has made it three out of the four years. Three out of the four years to the Eastern Conference Finals. They haven't been able to close. I don't get it. I don't. Experience um, is not a factor, Giff. Experience is not a factor. No, it is. Um, a, a couple of things. Um, you know, being kind of a, a like I said, um, I'm a Lakers fan, and, and believe me, I wanted to see Lakers and, and, and Celtics in the finals just for the, you know, historical, um, you know, uh, implications of it. But a couple of, of, of small takeaways. Um, I think that down the stretch with the collapses, like you said, a six-point lead given away in, in, in game six, game two, 17-point uh, lead given away, uh, game one, 14-point lead given away. I think a lot of that has to do with trust, number one, 
because the only reason that they are that they're playing hero ball and they're playing iso ball is that they don't trust guys, their teammates, when it comes down to nut cutting time. And this is a great example in Game Six. Marcus Smart shot the ball 22 times. You mean to tell me that going into a game in Game Six, when your back is against the wall and you got to win or or go home, pack your stuff up out of the bubble and leave? The fact that Marcus Smart took 22 shots in that game is very clear to me. It's asinine. It's He did not trust the other guys to get it done. So right. he's the type of headstrong player to where, all right, if these guys, if I don't feel like these guys are ready. I'm going to take the shots myself. So that's a very glaring weakness to me as far as their trust in each other coming down the stretch and being able to to close out games. Uh, number two, um, I didn't think that a 2-3 defense could trip up an NBA team. But apparently, and again, I apologize if this hurts, but whenever Spolster threw out that 2-3 defense, and he has to, because it, it, he either has Tyler Hero or he has Duncan Robinson in the game pretty much at all times. So you got to hide that guy defensively. So the reason why you do that, make that 2-3 zone, is to hide some people who might not be good on man-to-man defense. Right. The fact that they, the Celtics couldn't figure out a way to isolate who – and I think Duncan Robinson or, or Hero was, was on the bottom. It was so Tyler Hero. It was Tyler Hero. Yeah, so yep. it was on one of the wings. So the fact that you can't figure out a way to either get – Tatum or get Brown on him specifically, um, knowing that you know, look, a zone is a zone, but there's still man-to-man concepts. You still got to guard the guy who's who has the ball in front of you. Yeah, matchup zone. That's what they yep. played. Matchup zone. Yep. Yeah. So, so the fact that they couldn't figure that out, I, I don't get that. I, I for Stevens as 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 good as he is uh, as a coach to, to to figure that out. And, and number three, if I if I may jump in, yeah, I may yep. jump in on that point. I will say that Stevens adjusted pretty well with the zone in this game, in game six. In game five. In, in game, game five he did. No, I will say I saw pick and roll a lot on players that were playing 2-3 zone and a lot of cutting to the hoop and diving to the hoop. I saw that a lot in the second half. Let's say that. Over the course of the series, the Heat have ran zone almost every single game. And it takes you, this is my point, it takes you that long, that long to adjust. That long to adjust, to come up with a game plan and say, oh, you know what, maybe we should try this. It, it takes that long to realize that that the 2-3 matchup zone that you can't beat, which is high school basketball, okay, you can't come up with a complementary form of, bas- of offense. That's an issue. That's an issue. Exxon's X's and O's coming out of timeouts. Brad Stevens is incredible. He really is. Analytics is where he falls in love. To your point with Marcus Smart shooting threes. He feels like if if a guy misses five times, right? Well, he's going to knock it in too, right? So if Marcus Smart takes ten shots, he'll eventually make probably three or four, which is just not good. So, so the adjustment that they need to make internally from a coaching standpoint is not to fall in love with the three. Because the way you beat Miami Heat in game three was driving to the hoop and kicking out for three. Or driving with force and making sure that you're putting emphasis on your offense. And defensively, your active hands and your defensive positioning was stellar 
Because what that transition defense did was transition offense. That's the way that the Celtics won in that game. And my goodness, we did not see it ever again in the series. Zero effort. Zero effort over and over and over again. You just continue to see it. And I'm telling you, bad habits continue unless you change those habits. I was, I was saying that to my girlfriend. It's like, I don't like doing laundry, okay? But how am I going to get over doing laundry is if I do it, right? So that's the only way I get over it is if I fold my clothes and put them into the freaking drawers, right? Yep. When, when you have a zone set up by the Miami Heat, they're going to keep throwing it at you. And if you, can't beat the, if you can't beat the zone, you're going to lose that game. Just like you won, you, you haven't won. You haven't won the game. And they fall in love with those small leads. And then it builds upon, it builds upon. Andre Iguodala shooting threes. Andre Iguodala hit, I, I think it was four or five threes in that game. W- when do you put a guy on Andre Iguodala and just not have him shoot anymore? And I got it, you got Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson, but the, both of those guys were not shooting as well last night. They weren't. I mean, the, the, Duncan Robinson was shooting at a good clip, but Tyler Hero was struggling except from down the stretch. So my point is Miami has a culture. Celtics don't. And I hope they figure it out, especially this offseason. God, I, I tweeted this out, Giff. Go out and get Kendrick Perkins to be your assistant coach. The guy will light up a fire under their ass right away and say, this is how you play Celtics basketball. And this is not ISO basketball here, here in green. That's not what we do. So it, it just continues to, to baffle me the way that they go in every single playoffs and they feel like, oh, we made it to the Eastern Conference Finals. It's all good. It's all good. We don't need a championship. We're just improving every single year. I'm having fun out there. That's what Jason, Tat- Jason Tatum said that after the game, Jeff. I'm having fun. Um, it was a fun time being down here at the bubble. That's what he said. Get a grip. That's not a good look. Get a grip. Um, one thing, yeah, one thing I'll say, too, is that um, – and, and and not that I'm putting the Celtics starting lineup against um, – but it, it kind of reminds me of the first um, Miami Heat season when they had Bosh, they had Wade, and they had LeBron. Specifically, going into that finals um, with Dallas, um, they still kind of didn't – know how to play with each other um and it was kind of that you know all right iso me wade iso you lebron and i think when you have brown who's who's developed into a very good offensive player tatum obviously has a high ceiling he's he's proved it so far this playoffs Mm -hmm. and then you throw in gordon hayward and then you throw in kemba walker i think that it's a too many mouths to feed too many mouths to feed could be too many cooks in the kitchen i i could be that. I know Gordon Hayward's more of a playmaker. Um, Kemba was very up and down this entire playoffs. It looks like sometimes, you know, specifically when Miami was picking on him uh, during, you know, during their offense, always getting him down in the post, always figuring out, okay, if we get a switch on here, we can bring him down to the post and really take advantage of it. But I think that um, it could be too many mouths to feed because all of those guys need the ball. Uh, I would say out of the four of them, Jalen Brown probably has the best time trying to get his shot without the ball, cutting, screens, what have you. But Kemba, Gordon, and Tatum all kind of all need the ball to be effective. So I think that when you specifically front load 
the uh, the starting lineup, or at least front load your 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 you know down the stretch guys. There's only so much ball to go around, and whenever I saw Miami, everybody's roles were very clear. Jimmy Butler, you know, playmaker slash kick. Duncan Robinson, corner threes. Tyler Hero coming off of screens, you know, setting up for three. Uh, bam, pick and roll, going to the basket. Kelly Olynyk when he comes in, either spotting up when somebody draw, you know, when they draw the double team on Butler, him getting it out. Miami seemed to have a lot more defined roles on offense that they understood, whereas the Celtics, they'd have stretches of it, but when it got down nut-cutting time, everybody tried to get theirs on their own. So I think that um, if the Celtics can develop more roles that they can, you know, repetition, they know what to do in certain situations, I think they'll be better. But it just seemed like Miami was the better team because they all knew their roles. They all understood what to do. Whereas the Celtics, they did for certain times, but then when you put a little bit of pressure on them, they went back to hero ball. So I think the Celtics will be fine. Um, but I hate to tell you, it's going to be hard for them to, to, to get any better because they're up against the cap, and unless they move some salary, um, it'll be hard for them to get a defensive stopper in the middle. You might this might be this collective team. This might be the ceiling because there's not a ton of they, they have like I think one mid mid level exception that they yeah. can work with. But other than that, they're strapped in the caps. So they gotta they gotta figure something out quick. Well, here's my worry too: is the window of opportunity. Okay, Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving come back for Brooklyn, right? Milwaukee, um, they're probably gonna go out and get Drew Holiday or Victor Oladipo because Victor Oladipo wants uh, Indiana. I think, um, you know, Miami is another team that can just be a force next year. So it's not going to stop. It's only going, going to continue the, the, um, the problems, the conflicts, you know, the ability not to adjust. It's only going to continue. So, yes, to your point, too, I, and if I may say, okay, today um, the Boston Globe's uh, Gary Washburn reported that Gordon Hayward needed two-plus weeks of rehab before returning. So he needed two more weeks to play. So we kind of put him on edge. And keep in mind, keep in mind, Gordon Hayward has a $34.9 million player option that he is most certainly going to cash in. Don't you not think about it, Celtics. He's going to cash it in. The best thing to do if you're Danny Ainge is you pitch, let's make this into a two-year deal. Let's give you a higher signing bonus. And then from there, maybe that opens up some cap space for next year to go out and get a veteran presence because that's exactly what they need. And maybe they utilize some draft picks and move up and get like a better big man. There's so many. The point that I want to make, Giff, is expectations-wise, the Celtics had it. Everybody thought the Celtics going into the, this playoffs, they were going to be a contender which they were. They got to the Eastern Conference Finals and they beat Toronto. But when you have a team like Jimmy Butler and this Miami Heat team with Eric Spolster running the show and they're going for destiny at this point and Brad Stevens cannot adjust in the series that is thrown at him, that is going to impose a problem moving forward. And I'm just going to tell you that if he doesn't adjust if he doesn't get into the basketball mindset of what Eric Spolster could possibly do in the next game, I know it's hard to read the future, but if you can't adjust to that, it's going to be tough for you to win a championship. 
And Brad Stevens, regular, great regular season coach. He really is. But when it comes down to it, does he show up in the playoffs? That's always the question with him. And I, I just continue to go back to it. It's, it's, it's bad habits. They remain a problem. So you got to switch them up. And um, so, so getting into the Lakers side of things briefly, the Lakers just, my goodness, the Nuggets. Talk about a team of destiny. They want to win for Kobe Bryant, hands down. We all get that. But when the Nuggets come, you know, come into the series, you know, being down 3-1 and come back and beat the Clippers, you kind of have to say, okay, maybe the Nuggets are real? No shot. No shot. You, you, can, you can say what you want about the Nuggets. Great team. Man, the Lakers just are a team of destiny right now. Yeah, I, and, and watching the, the series as much as I did, um, two things kind of really, really stood out. Um, number one, game four, um, they won that game due to their offensive rebounding. I'm pretty sure they out, they out-rebounded um, uh, as far as offensive rebounds go. I think it was 22-9 to nine, uh, in, in, in game four. Yep. Um, and I, I think that the size definitely played a factor into that, the offensive rebounding, second chance points. Um, you know, I know at the end of game four, um, like Rondo uh, got an offensive rebound and, and kept it, kept the possession alive to, I think, either get a three for LeBron or get another bucket. So their offensive rebounding was definitely, you know, up and far away, you know, better than the Nuggets. Um, and I think that, look, Jamal Murray's a bad man. And, and, and to have this conversation last year, to say that Jamal Murray was the most consistent guy in the series is the complete opposite because Murray last year was up and down specifically against that, um, the series against the San Antonio Spurs where I think, you know, they went seven and I think in all four games that they won, he had at least 30 and then all three of their losses against the Spurs. I think he averaged like 16 or 17 points. So, you know, Jamal Murray was a bad man throughout the entire series. He has a whole seasons full of highlights from that series. He was consistent all the way through. Now, Jokic was the one that was a lot more inconsistent, uh, specifically game four. Um, I think he had like 16, 17 points, and, yep. and he was he was in and out kind of consistent-wise. Um, I know, you know, for as much as the antics I, I can do without, but, you know, Dwight Howard punked him out in game one. Dwight Howard was 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 Charles Oakley. He's a beast. You know, he, and he just, he'd gotten, he'd gotten to his head. Um, you know, foul trouble for Joker. Um, but I think the Nuggets are going to be fine, but they need a third guy. They haven't really developed a third guy on that offense. You know, Gary Harris is, is spotty at best. Maybe if, if Michael Porter gets a full, you know, season under his belt, maybe he can be the third guy. Um, but they need more help other than Murray and, and, and Jokic to, to go any further along in the playoffs. And as far as the Lakers and stuff go, um, you know, Rondo, Rondo's the X factor. And, and Rondo was the X factor in the series with with Denver, and he's going to be the X factor in the series uh, against Miami. Um, he was excellent the whole playoffs. Um, you know, Kuzma w- was was spotty, but gave them good. Uh, you know, good. Uh, you know, and look, KCP as well. I've always been. I don't want to say a hater, but he's always been a punchline to me because he's he's a clutch client, and it's like, oh yeah, you know, LeBron's got to get his clutch clients onto onto the Lakers, but he's he was excellent. I think he averaged close to fifty percent, if not over fifty percent, from three from for three. the whole series. Yeah, yep. 
which is what they need. Uh, they need a three-point guy, specifically with AD and LeBron. You know, um, you know, with LeBron, you know, slash and, and kicking and AD being in the post. Um, so, you know, it was definitely a hard-fought series. Um, LeBron looks to be on a mission, uh, specifically in Game Five down the stretch. It was I'm not letting us lose. I'm getting us to the finals. Um, so I think that he's definitely in that sort of mode. Um, and just kind of going into, um, you know, as far as the, the finals go, it's a really interesting matchup because you have you have a team in Miami who is a team. Everybody knows their roles. Butler knows his role. Robinson knows his role. Hero knows his role. Bam, everybody knows their roles. Now, I think the Lakers are there. I think they are a collective team, and I think they're specifically when LeBron rests and Rondo comes in, and if AD's still in there, I think Rondo is able to alleviate some of the ball handling duties and, and floor general duties that LeBron typically would have. And a lot of, and specifically in the Denver series, LeBron, if you look at his minutes, they weren't egregious. No, like they, they weren't, weren't substantial. No. No, and they weren't like the, the, the Cavs and, you know, 05, 06, 07, where he's playing 46. 46, 47. yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I think he was around the high 30s, low to high 30s during the entire series. I think if you average it out, maybe a little bit higher during the overtime game. But So um, he's rested right. up is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. so he's rested up, and they're not lacking in production. Now, we'll have to see how AD's ankle is. Um, everything that I've read, it's been okay so far, but ankle injuries are so funny because they, they can pop up here or there. And listen, if he is less than 100%, Miami wins the series. Uh, they, they just do. Um, I think if he's close to 100% and if he can give them the same amount of output and, and, and minutes as beforehand, you know, Bam's good. I don't think he's good enough to guard AD. I'm sorry. I, I don't think he is. Um, but it'll be an interesting series. Um, I think ultimately I think the Lakers win in six. Um, I don't see it going seven just because – I think that, and listen, I've never been a Frank Vogel guy. I always thought he was he was kind of uh, lucky as far as getting the success with the Pacers that he has. But as far as defensively and making adjustments so far, he's been incredible. Yep, he's been really good. And specifically, given Dwight Howard, given Javale McGee, some more time in the Denver series, knowing that they needed some guys to to throw at uh, Jokic and um, and to do that defensively, adjustments wise, he's been really good. Um, and I think that, you know, I, th- I think they'll be okay. Um, I, 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 look, going into the series, I, I definitely take Spo over Vogel just because of pedigree and just because, you know, Spolstra has taken two different Miami teams to the finals. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that ultimately, you know, LeBron's, the fact that he can still do this in year, what is it, 18, 19, is just is amazing. Incredible. And, you know, if, if we can, if, the Lakers can get the same amount of production out of Rondo, same amount of production out of KCP, and get spotty, you know, uh, production from, you know, whether it's Kuzma or who knows, J.R. Smith might get in there, or even from, you know, Caruso on the defensive end. I think they have enough to, you know, get, give the, give Miami some trouble. So I, I'm going to say Lakers in six, but I think it's definitely a hard-fought series. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit the nail on the head with uh, the amount of games that will be played in the series. I think it's Lakers in six, too. I just think when you look at, and I'll be brief about this, and we'll get into the SBS, um, 
you just got to look at it from top to bottom, right, with the Lakers roster. They're guys that have been kicked off teams, and they've, they've joined LeBron, and they became this, you know, really an elite team. I, I will say that right now. I mean, they, they really haven't had too, too, too much competition. Um, and I think over the course of, you know, every series, you know, you kind of look at, okay, when's LeBron going to step up? Like, when's LeBron going to close this out? He, he hasn't really needed to. So to your point, I mean, he hasn't had to have, like, substantial minutes. I mean, down the stretch, I believe it was in, you know, the previous game, right, um, game five, I think specifically he saw the NBA Finals in the spotlight, and he said, okay, now's the time, put a nail in the coffin and send the Nuggets home packing, right? So I think that was very, very well played by him to kind of, you know, wrestle a little bit throughout the game because he knows that, you know, Miami might win or, you know, even if it goes seven, it's only a couple days off. So I, I think over the course of this playoffs, LeBron James has not been in push playoff mode. He's just been in playoff mode. And I think when, you know, you fast forward into this NBA Finals, I think the Lakers have a substantial, a substantial advantage if Anthony Davis is healthy. And he is light years above Bam and Abayo. Um, Anthony Davis is an incredible defender. And LeBron James is, again, light years over Jimmy Butler. So I think both these teams are very similar in regards to everyone knowing their role. You know, Rajon Rondo setting the table, KCP and Danny Green shooting threes, like you said. Shot blockers like Dwight Howard, Anthony Davis, like you. You have those type of guys that know exactly, and then Miami side with Jury walkthrough. Um, they are very, very similar, but Lakers are way better in regards to their possessions. So I think what it, what it will come down to, again, like it did with the Celtics, is Eric Spolstra's coaching. Can he outcoach Frank Vogel for this championship? Because I think if he can, my goodness, he is he's arguably already a Hall of Famer in my eyes. You know, he's a, a top, he might be the top best coach in the NBA. So I, I think he deserves what credit is due, right? And Jimmy Butler kind of has took a backseat, let everybody else play. But this is where Jimmy Butler has to step up and be the guy that he's always been with the Chicago Bulls. And, you know, Philadelphia 76ers, he wasn't anything, right? Special, Minnesota, same thing. But over the course of this year with the Heat, you kind of saw Jimmy Butler step up into the role of a Dwayne Wade kind of kind of setting. Not saying that he is. I'm just saying that's the way he kind of built that momentum and used that motivation to make all of his other players better around him because he knows he can't do it himself. Well, the finals, NBA finals, is a wake-up call for him because he's going to have to lead this team in the right direction because I will tell you what, if the Lakers come out swinging, this might go five, but I'm going to say six comfortably because I think that's a reasonable um, prediction, and I don't think that the Heat will just you know, pump the brakes. I don't think that will happen. I think the Lakers will come out head on, and I think they will make some noise, and I think at the end of the day, Kobe Bryant's going to be cheering up in the heavens, and you know, I think LeBron James is, is going to be another NBA champion. So I, I fully think that expectations-wise – it will live up to his bargain. It will. Um, but I think overall, 
this NBA playoffs has been entertaining to watch. So we'll see what that closing looks like, but I think the Lakers close it out 